theyeshiva.net. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back also, everybody. And all the Panam Chadashas. Okay, so we're going to start today a Maimer, a Rosh Hashanah Dika Maimer from the Balatanya. It's in Lakuta Torah, Drushim Rosh Hashanah, which is right after Nitzavim. Right after Nitzavim, you'll see Drushim Rosh Hashanah, page 106. 106, column 2, or Nun Gimel, or Nun Gimel, column 4, if you want the Hebrew. 106, column 2, it says on top of Nitzavim. And the header is Drushim L'Rish Hashanah V'Aser Simei Tshuva V'Yem HaKippurim. You see Tiku B'Achay Shaifer. If it doesn't say on top of Nitzavim, so then you're in the wrong 106. You need to write 106 because the numbers repeat themselves with each Chumash. This begins the section known as Drushim L'Rish Hashanah. The discourses... My Marim of the Balatanya that was said either in connection to Rosh Hashanah or on Rosh Hashanah, about Rosh Hashanah, and then continues the My Marim for Aser Simei and then for Yom Kippur, and then after that c- goes back to the Parsha, Vayelech Hazinu, and then he goes to the My Marim for Sukkot and Shmini Atzeres, and then Vezayis Abracha, and that finishes the Chumash, of course, and then goes to Shashir. Now, the Mamarim of Rosh Hashanah, we've learned already a few years, different ones. There's a second Tikkun B'chay Shoifer that we learned together. Right after this, there's a second Mamarim Tikkun B'chay Shoifer that we learned together uh, some time ago. Very, very fundamental Mamarim. And uh, we learned the Mamarim, Mikael Kamoicha, Noisi Oven Vaivar Al Pesha. We learned the Mamarim, Shira Malais Mimamakim, Krasicha Hashem. So those are diff- different Mamarim that we learned in previous years. They're all available on the yeshiva.net, so you could watch them, especially the second tiku. And Shiramalis Memamakim are really foundational, my modern, to understand what Rosh Hashanah is. But today we're going to learn, we're going to begin the first tiku. The first tiku, Bachay de Shoifer, right here, which is actually the first Maima for Rosh Hashanah. And it was said by the Balatanya, Tovkov Samach Dalad, which is 1804, or 1803, uh, 1804, yeah, the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. They're not sure, maybe it was the next year, Tovkov Samachay, either 1804 or 1805. So he begins with a famous Pasuk from Tehillim. We actually say it every week in the Shir Shalyoim of Thursday. And it's a, uh, it's also said on Rosh Hashanah, the davening in Musaf. This is said every day of Rosh Hashanah. Tiku Bachay de Shoifer, Bakasalayim Chagenu. Literally, it means blow during the month or on the month or in the month, blow Shoifer. In the day that was designated to be our holiday, or the Gemara says Bakas also means concealment, the day of concealment. Because this is a law for the Jewish people. It's a choik, it's a statue for Yisrael, and it's a mishpat. It's a time of justice for Elikei Yaakov, for the God of Jacob, for the God of Yaakov. That's the literal meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim. So the Balatanya says, now it's interesting, in this Pasuk he doesn't mention the word Rosh Hashanah. Right? Chlal and Chumash doesn't say the word Rosh Hashanah. It just says that the first day of Tishrei you have to have a holiday. And Yom Tru'a Yiyelechem, it should be a day of blowing. It doesn't say that it's the beginning of the year. Chazal say that it's Rosh Hashanah. And uh, in here also, he doesn't even mention the, 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 which month. He just says, Tiku Bachay de Shoifer. He doesn't even say which, he says, on a month. <laughs> Could be maybe in Shvat, you should blow Shoifer. He says, Tiku Bachay de Shoifer. Yeah. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Maseches Rosh Hashanah, learns out from here that it says, Bakesa. Is there any holiday in which the new moon is concealed? And the answer is not Pesach, and not Shavuos, and not Sukkot, because them, by them the moon is not concealed, the moon is uh, revealed, and not only revealed, it's in its full completion, the 15th day of the month. The moon is wholesome. The only holiday in the Jewish year, not Yom Kippur, is the 10th of Tishrei. The only holiday in the Jewish calendar that exists on the time that the Chodesh, the new moon, Chodesh from the word Chidush, the new moon, because the moon renews itself, it goes into hiding at the end of the month, and then it comes back 
from our perspective, is only Rosh Hashanah, because it's the only holiday in the first day of the month. So Tikkun Bachayde Shayve Bakasa, they learned from this, is talking about, obviously, Rosh Hashanah. But this is how he put, doesn't even say the word Rosh Hashanah. Then he says, Chaykli Solo which is the first source that this day is a day of Mishpat. Doesn't say that in Chumash either. Doesn't say that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin. Just it's a holiday, don't do Malach. Doesn't even say why. We don't know from Chumash why we make a holiday Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur says a day of atonement. Sukkot it says you should remember that I took them out with clouds from Mitzrayim. Pesach it says Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Shavuos it also doesn't say the reason. It says it's Bikurim. It's the, the, the fruits are, the fruits are getting ready. The grain is finally ready and, uh, and uh, it's Chag, Chag HaKotzer, there's a time of harvest, so that's Shavuos. Rosh Hashanah doesn't say any reason, just says it should be a holiday. So he begins, he says, Hine, Kola Chadashim Nikru Chatshe Hashanah. All months are called months of the year, Chatshe. And again, the word Chaydish, why is a Chaydish called a Chaydish? The word Chadash. Chadash means new, Chidush means renewal. Since our months follow the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar, the American calendar, for example, which is the Roman calendar, follows what's called a solar cycle. It's based on the sun. Our calendar, our months, of course, are based on the moon. The moon cycle is 29 and a half days, 29 days and 12 hours. That's why some days are 29 days, some months are 29 days, some months are 30 days, because we have to, it's usually six months and six months, because the moon finishes its orbit around the earth after 29 days and 12 hours and change. You can't have Rosh Chodesh in the middle of the day. Half the day belongs to one month. The Torah says clearly, Rosh Chodesh has to be one day. So we'd split it up, 29 and 30. And what happens with the cycle of the, 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 the lunar cycle, lunar is the moon, is that it's somewhat lunatic. <laughs> the word lunacy, which means meshuga, comes from the word lunar because the Gemara says, Shemesh Yoda Mevoyai. It says in Barchi Nafshi, right? The, no, the sun knows its pathways. The moon doesn't know where it's going. If you, if you, what it means is it's, it's, it's a little humor, but Chazal used humor a lot because if you look at the moon, the way it works, it's very, very complicated. It looks like it doesn't know where it's going. It looks like. It has, in other words, its own way of, of, of functioning. The sun is much more, also not mamish, but uh, much more predictable. Yeah. So you have different types of people. So the Yereach, one of his unpredictabilities is that two days out of the month, he completely disappears. It completely disappears. And then it reemerges, which is called Rosh Chodesh. So it's called Chodesh. That's why it's called Chodesh. Now, so he says all the months of the year are called Chodesh Hashan. Mashenkin Tishrei, Nikri Chodesh Stam. What would be wrong, David HaMelech, whoever said that, Kapitel Asaf, what would be wrong if he would say the word Tishrei? He says, because he's trying to bring out a point. The month of Tishrei is called Chaydush Stam. The month. Tiku ba Chaydush. You already know it's Tishrei. Why is it called the month? Lefi, because Chidush Klali, because it's a Chidush Klali. It's called Chaydush because the quintessential element of Chidush is in that month. What's Pshat Chidush Klali? A general Chidush renewal. Leklalas ha'olamas ve'savus ha'mayayin liyash to the general existence of all the worlds and their emergence from nothingness or from no-thingness into somethingness. Because since this Chaydash, which is considered the head and the brain of the year. So therefore it's not just called Chaydash Tishrei, all months are all called Chaydash. But they're months of the year, which in other words, within a year there's a renewal. But here, it's not within a year there's a renewal. It's Chaydish. It's the whole Chaydish from the beginning. So it's different. Cheshven or Kislevotevis all the way till Elul. It's also a Chaydish, but it's a Chaydish within a year, as he's going to explain. Here, it's Chaydish. It's just Chaydish. Because the whole thing, the whole system, so to speak, reboots all the way from the beginning. There's a reset. And that's what, why is that? Because it's called, it has Rosh Hashanah. What's Rosh Hashanah? He says, Deroish and Meichem. The word Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. Usually it's translated just as a euphemism. You're sitting at the head of the table. The table doesn't have a head, right? The head of the family. The family has a head. Every person has a head. So it's a euphemism. It's called Shem HaMushal. In Hebrew grammar, it's called a borrowed name. It's not a real name. It's a borrowed name, right? The feet of a table. Tables don't have feet. People have feet. Animals have feet. The answer is it's a borrowed name. But really it should have been called Tchilas Hashanah, the beginning of the year. 
is much more accurate. Not in Rosh Hashanah. A year doesn't have a head. So he says, no, a year also has a head. A year also has a brain. In reality, there's three states. There's something called Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. Olam is space. Shana is time. Nefesh is consciousness. Every single experience in life is a convergence of three elements. It's Oshan, Har Sinai Oshan. Olam, Shana, Nefesh. When you bring the three together, you have smoke. Olam is the space where I'm in. Shana is the time I'm in, and, sh- and Nefesh is the soul I'm in, the state of consciousness. You never have the three divorced from each other, because we live in a world of time and space and consciousness. So it's Olam, Shana, Nefesh. But the Balatanya says here, they always, they're Shava. What exists in space exists in time, what exists in space and time exists in consciousness. It's just different frequencies, different layers. But they're Shava, therefore. So if you have in consciousness, in the soul, you have a head, you have a brain, you have a mind. person can't live without that. There's a brain. Every single living creature has a brain, a mind, which is the seat of consciousness. And what's the uniqueness of the head or the brain? The roish is the head, the moichin is the brain, the mind, the brain which has the mind. Over there is the manifestation of the consciousness of the person. What aspect? Klolo Sachayis. Klolo Sachayis means the totality of a person's life and consciousness. And from there, it's extended. It expands. It's fleshed out. And it's communicated to all of the limbs and all of the organs. Every limb has its own unique functionality, what he calls here a chayis prati. Chayis prati means the consciousness that is unique for that limb and organ, the way consciousness is manifested in my arm or in my heart or in my gut or in my legs or in my abdomen, every single aver, internal or external, right, manifests a certain energy based on its chemistry, based on its functionality and its purpose. Lefi mizgoi, mizgoi means according to its physiological components, utchunasoy and its characteristics. Every aver has a different chemistry, and therefore different characteristics, physiological, and therefore a different life force and functionality that is manifested, but it all begins where? It all begins in the brain. Everything has a seat in the brain and a source in the brain, and we can, today especially, right? you trace Every element that's in the body, where is it in the brain? Where did it get the message from? And it's unbelievably complex and still still not fully understood how amazing, uh, amazingly intricate and meticulous it is. If this is true in consciousness, the same, the same rhythm exists in space, the same rhythm exists in time. In other words, space also has a mind. And time also has a mind. We don't think of it that way. What do we mean time has a mind? Time goes. He says, no. If it's in Nefesh, if it's in Nefesh, you don't say it's just a person, there's no brain. No, no, there's a brain. <laughs> there's a brain that's the seat of consciousness and every aspect of the body receives from it. Nothing is in the body that's not first in the brain and directed. First of all, it's there in the brain first and it continues to be orchestrated and choreographed and directed and monitored and dealt with and secured through the through the brain and the central nervous system. So he says, Kachu ba'olam v'shan. Olam is makim, and shan is b'chinazman. Space and time. Shebereh shana hu gilu yiklolas hachayis. Rosh Hashanah could be called the neurological, the neurological days of the year. Those are days of neurology. Those are days of, of the brain. In other words, on Rosh Hashanah, there's a gilu yiklolas hachayis. There's a manifestation. There's a certain embodiment, a flow of the collective consciousness of the year. And then from the brain, from Rosh Hashanah, there is an extension of a chiyus prati, of a more individual, individuated life for every single month. For every month. He doesn't say for every day, for every month. Just like the brain has everything, the whole chayus is there, and it's there beklolus, but every limb manifests a certain detail, a certain aspect, a certain nuance. The same is true with Rosh Hashanah. 
Because every month there's a similar system. Every month is Chaydish. Why is it called Chaydish? So astronomically, because the moon. But on a deeper level, because each month there's a Chidush. There's a renewal of energy from no thingness to something. But there's a difference. Every month, Rosh Chodesh is the head of this month. Rosh Hashanah, it's the head of the year. Rosh Hashanah. So the term head is not a mistake. The term head is not just a random borrowed name. It's extremely precise. Because the relationship between the head and the entire organism is the relationship of Rosh Chodesh to the month and Rosh Hashanah to the year. So the difference is in each month there's also a renewal. But it's the energy that is connected to that particular month. And there's 12 Rish Chodeshes. And then there's the one unique Rish Chodesh, which is not Rish Chodesh. We call it Rosh Hashanah, even though it's also Rish Chodesh, which is, of course, the first of Tishrei, where there's a Hishachas, a renewal of Chius Kloli, the collective consciousness and energy and life and vitality for the collective for the entire year. In parentheses, he brings some sources for Kabbalah. After the parentheses, which is four, one, two, three, five lines later, Not only that, it's not just, okay, it gets renewed, it's something different. Every year, he says, the chiyus kloli, the new energy for the year is a new type of energy. It's not just, you know, we, re- <laughs> we rehash it, it's recycled. It just has to be replenished and it goes back. It's a new chayus, not chiyus kloli it says in Tanya, that's why it says in, uh, in uh, Parshish Ekev, we just learned about Eretz Yisrael, Eretz HaSha'en Yashem HaLekechaba, Meresh Hashana, Vat Achris Hashana. Hashem's eyes are in Eretz from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. He says if it's from the beginning of the year till the end of the year, should have just said it's always there. <laughs> if it's there from the beginning of the year till the end of the year, every year. So just say Eretz HaShem HaLekechaba, Eretz HaShem HaShem HaLekechaba, Tamit. Always. Same like from the beginning of the year. So the Alter Rebbe says no. Because the end of the year, the old chiyus goes up. And Erev Rosh Hashanah, new chiyus comes down. It's Meresh Hashanah V'adach Hashanah. It's a new chiyus. That is why, and he says over there, that every Rosh Hashanah, he's going to say soon, every Rosh Hashanah, there's Yerid Ur Chadash, Shaloi Hoya Adayan Mimei Oilam Ur Chadash Kazah. A light that never existed before. In other words, every year comes with new energy. And therefore with new opportunities, with new different things that resonate. You say a new energy means there's a new consciousness. If I'm holding on to the old year, I didn't welcome the new year. It's sometimes hard to welcome a new year because it's a new energy. It's a new opportunity. There's new, so I have to create new channels. For new energy, you have to expand your horizons. Because if I come with the old paradigms, I get the old energy, but the new energy I'm not ready for. So he says it's actually there's a schachus of a chius in the world. And it's a chiyus kloli acher. It's a different chiyus. The chiddush zeh, this chiddush, who liya is gilu malchus, he is barach pchines mamalakalam, and afilu ba'ilam is alyoyna. If you want to ask, what is this chiddush? He says the chiyus, the life. What does that mean? So he defines it, he says, that there is the gilu of malchus, he is barach, the revelation of Hashem's malchus. Literally, it means Hashem's kingship. But more, more, more specifically, Malchus, as he explains, represents, Malchus Chamalchus Kolei represents the whole relationship of Hashem with the universe. So the entire life spirit that vivifies the world is called the manifestation of his Malchus, of his leadership or of his relationship, of his connection with the universe. It's called Mamalik that which fills the worlds. Even the highest worlds need a Chidosh. It's not just this world. All the worlds, all states of reality, all the universes, physical, spiritual, there's a chiyus, in other words, on all levels, there's a rejuvenation. But this gilui, this revelation, is dependent significantly on the state and reality of those who live here. The tachtoina means... The creatures, the inhabitants of the lowest world. That's why they're called Tachtoinim. Valzenemar, that's what the Pasuk means. Tiku On this month, which is called the month, because it's the, it's the Chiddush, it's the month of Chiddush, you should blow a Shoifer. Ubiyurinian Shoifer, what does this mean? So this, he now gives context to this Pasuk. Ubiyurinian Shoifer, what is this Shoifer that you're blowing? The Gamin Yinaserisimei Tshuva. 
And also to understand the whole theme of 10 days of Tshuv. the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Dav al Pasuk. And in Yavam, it's in Rosh Hashanah, it's in Yavam, it's in two places. al Pasuk. Dir Shu Hashem B'Motzoi, Elo Aser Simei Tshuva. The Gemara says, it says in Yeshaya Navi, Dir Shu Hashem B'Motzoi, Kru'u B'Yosekarev. Search for Hashem when He's present. Call out to Him when He's close. Asks the Gemara, the certain times that Hashem is present and Hashem is close. It says, Mila Hashem alekeinu b'chol kareinu alav. And for the Gemara, b'himotzoi elu mosayu, when is he b'himotzoi and when is he karev, elu aseris yamim, shabain rishashon aliyam akipur. During the ten days, there's a uniqueness of b'himotzoi, of his presence and closeness. So he says, v'lama yamim elu im dafke yimei Why were these days designated as days of truth? Hinei, in order to understand this, the Pasuk says in Ashrei and Tehillim, Malchuscha Malchus Kalei Lamim Ksif. Your Malchus is the Malchus of all the worlds. Literally, what does it mean? It means that your kingship, your Malchus, doesn't extend over one country, or two countries, or three countries, or a country with many republics, or many regions, and many zip codes, and many cities. Your Malchus is the Malchus that's Kalei Lamim. It extends through all of the worlds. Literally, your malchus reaches all of the universes. But there's also a deeper element. Pidush, Eilamim, Lashen Helam. The word Eilamim, as we often learn, it's based on a Gemara in Psachim, Dafnun. The word Eilam comes from the word Helam, which means concealment. Eilam means a world, right? Kala Eilam Kula is the whole world, but the word Eilam, Chazal say, means Helam. Zeshmi, La Eilam, Zeshmi, La Olam. Halimeyu, there's an element of concealment. So the world, the word for world, is the same word like concealment. Why would the two be associated? Why, the, why would the world be defined as concealment? So he says, Shekai de bilvat. The answer is, for this you have to understand the nature of reality, the nature of what we call the world. We look at the world and we say, here is the world. He says, but you have to understand what this world is. When you understand what the world is, you'll understand why it's called Eilam, or Eilamim in the plural. What's the meaning of this before the creation of the world's meaning? In a state of pre-creation, and when you say pre, by the way, it's before there was a concept of before, because time was also created. So it says in Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, we learned in the previous Maimon Echaltzu, it says, Achlai Nivra Eilam, this is a quote from Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, which means from the Tanayim, Hayahu Shmai Bilvat. There was him and his name alone. Obviously, there was no world. It was him and his name. What does this mean? So this means in order for there to be an emergence of worlds. May ayin from a state of ayin, which is no thingness. Liyesh to somethingness. He restricted, Tzimtzim is, he withdrew or he restricted or he condensed and concealed the light of the flow of infinity, blessed be he, so that only the gilu of Malchus should be manifested. Malchuscha Malchus Kalelam. What does it mean, only the gilu of Malchus? There should be some revelation, but that's called Malchus, his kingship, his royalty, his majesty, his aristocracy. It's from the revelation of Malchus from which all the worlds receive their energy, their vitality, and their existence. The higher realities, the lower realities. Oh, so what's the connection to Malchus? Why Malchus? So generally speaking, Malchus, as the famous expression in Svarim, Ein Melech Beloyam, Right, leadership is about a relationship. You need the people. There could be other emotional qualities that a person can experience on their own. You could sit on top of a mountain and be filled with love to the universe. In fact, probably if you stay on top of the mountain, you'll stay with more love than if you come down. There's people, they sit on mountains and they write poetry about love. <laughs> when they meet people, sometimes it's a little harder. But uh, but on top of the mountain, and, and, and it's a genuine experience of love, right? The same is true with all the middas. All the middas, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed. The Alter Rebbe says this, Chesed, Gvur, Teferis, Netzach, you can experience it within yourself to some degree. There's one element you cannot experience by yourself, Malchus. 
It would be like saying, I'm getting married tomorrow. Who? Me. I'm getting married to me. <laughs> by definition, I don't know, maybe the Supreme Court is going to change it. But by definition, the, the, by, marriage means, yeah? You say, you know, a person say, I learned, to, I know everything about marriage. I read about it in books and I, I thought about it and I experienced it. How much do they know about marriage? Oh, reality? Reality is nothing. It's like, you know, okay, so you have to get married maybe. It doesn't work that way. The very dynamic, it's a mistake that people make. You could read, because it is the relationship. It's not, it's not the relationship is not a hechitimtza in order to implement the ideas. Other middas, you have an idea, an experience. And then there's the way it's experienced, it's implemented. Here the relationship is what it is. You understand? It's different. The relate That's what it is. It is the relationship. Without the relationship, it's not that. It could be other things. It could be nice things, but it's not that. The same, it's, malchus is femininity. Malchus is marriage. Midas malchus is marriage. So that's what Al-Tareb is saying. The whole concept of the world is an union of malchus. Mitzad Hashem himself, there's There's oneness, infinite oneness. He says, but for this, there can't be anybody else. There's no otherness. So malchus chamalchus kolaylam. The first thing they had to be is he had to be mitzamtzim, conceal. The chef of Ein Saif. So there should be only gili malchusi is baruch. What's gili malchus? What gili malchusi is baruch is when I'm in an active relationship with you. What does it mean I'm in a relationship with you? The first thing, that you exist. It sounds simple, but it's not so simple. Right? We have here some marriage therapists, they can testify. It's not so simple. That you really exist. You really exist, and it doesn't mean that for you to exist, I have to die. And for me to exist, you have to die. It's not as simple as I'm making it, right, Emes? To be able to really be there. So when you say gili malchusi is barach means, in simple English, the gili of the Ein Saif, the way, the way, it is manifested in a way that it allows, not only allows, it creates the Olamas, it creates the worlds. There's an active relationship with otherness. That is the definition of malchus. So malchus ha malchus kol oilamim, all the oilamim, oilamim doesn't only mean worlds, all the concealments comes from malchus. Because if I want a relationship, <laughs> I can't be infinite. If I'm infinite, like just, you know, in human relationships, we spoke uh, last week about the tzimtzum. If, in the human relationships, if I'm everywhere, and I'm everything, there's no room for you. So by a person, it comes out as narcissism. I'm everywhere, and I'm everything, right? The whole world is my mirror. If the whole world is my mirror, there's no room for you. But in a much deeper and more spiritual sense, it can even be in the positive. The infinity of Ein Saif excludes any type of relationship in an authentic way with an Olam. Where's the Olam? Hayahush, my Bulvat. There's him and his name. Creation required the Tzimtzum of the Ein Saif. What's the Tzimtzum? The concealment of the Ein Saif. And what type of Gilui? The Gilui of Elikus, the way he's a Melech. Melech means I want to be connected to you. This tzimtzum, this tzimtzum that we're talking about, this concealment is true for the worlds. For Hashem, there's no change. It says in Tehillim, Darkness doesn't eclipse you. We say in Davening in Ezra, before you're in the beginning, you're at the end. Everything in his presence is as non existent as a separate thing, as I'll explain. Vinikra, we say in Davening, he's called Hamelech, Hamerumam Levadai, Hamerumam Levadai, in the beginning, Hamelaritz. Right? Morab Masach Hashem, Malaritz Kiyanech, Hamelech, Hamerumam. Levadoi me'oz. What does that mean? So he says, Me'oz, Peter, Shehu, B'b'chinus, Levadoi, Ki me'oz, V'k'oidim, Sh'nevro'ayla. Even after. Even post-Briya, there's still Levadoi. You're asking a good question. You're going back to the basics. You're going back to the skeleton levels. That's good. Why is he always busy that nothing happened? What if something happened? It's Nishlavadai. 
As Nishlavada. As Nishlavada. He did change. He says, sorry, I'm not alone anymore. It's over. <laughs> what he's saying is something a little deeper. He's saying, it says before creation was him and his name. What's the name? I said him. What's the name? He had a name? That's the key. Oh, what's a name? A name is a relationship. So the name was also there. <laughs> but the name was there as Levad. Him and his name alone. What's the, what's the name? No name. What's name? So the name is always associated with Malchus. Because what do you need a name for? When you say a person has a name. Huh? A name is for somebody else, right? The name is how I call you. You don't need a name for yourself. Or if you talk about name in terms of reputation. Your name is the way you're perceived. The way I know you. The way people know you. The way the world knows you. Huh? <laughs> you have to know what you name, right? There's a line in a song, a Jewish songwriter he once wrote. The only thing we knew about Bob was that his name wasn't Bob. Sometimes it's the only thing you know about people. So what's trying to tell you? When you say, when you say, it means that we're in that state too. The whole world was there pre the world. That's the point. <laughs> you're hearing it in a very uh, sequential, you're hearing it in a very sequential uh, uh, mathematically defined uh, pre-quantum mechanics state of consciousness. You can't hear it that way. What he's saying is that the whole world was here pre-the world. <laughs> the whole world was here pre-the world. That's why nothing changed. Not that God is afraid of change. He's not afraid of change. Obama's not afraid of change. He's also not afraid of change. question is what type of change? Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> they say there was a Buddhist monk who was, uh, was in Borough Park and he was starving so he went into a hot dog stand on 13th Avenue and uh, he asked the guy to uh, you know he showed him to make him everything so he gives him a frankfurter and this monk takes out a $50 bill and he gives it to him and the Jew takes it and puts it in the registry he doesn't say a thing and a state he's meditating so after 5 minutes the guy says what stays to what are you waiting for? So he says, change. He says, change is inside. So we're not afraid of change. The question is, what type of change? Hayuhu Shmoibalvad means that all of reality existed pre reality. <laughs> all of reality can be traced back to infinity. That's what it really is. So what's the Chiddush of creation? The Chiddush of creation is that reality should be defined based on the perspective of Tzimtzum. That's what happened. What happened was that reality should be defined based on the perspective of Tzimtzum. So the Altarebbe says, you don't have to live only in that definition. You don't have to live only in that definition. I want you to know that you can also define reality pre-Tzimtzum. It's the most healing... It's the, mo- it's the source of all healing. This line, this line, it's not a philosophical statement that we're fra- afraid of change. It's the conviction, it's the profound statement that every single reality that I'm facing, beginning with my own reality, I can experience it from the post-symptom perspective, which is not fake. <laughs> it's not fake. God made it symptom. It's not a mistake. But that very same reality, that very same reality can be traced back to this place of Levada. And I don't have to, and therefore I'm not forced to define it and live in it based on the post-symptom reality of concealment. Because that's who you are. Because that's who we really are. Because that's who we are. We are infinite. As the famous t-shirt, infinite consciousness having a finite experience. That t-shirt is coming to use. (laughs) We just need to see it. So if we use... It's a dangerous thought. There's nothing to worry about. Beautiful. That's beautiful. 
So how are you going to be Jewish, you want to know? How are you going to be Jewish if you're not going to feel guilty? That's a good shaila. Huh? What do you mean there's no pchira? There's pchira once you realize there's this pchira. <laughs> once you realize there's this pchira where you want to be. <laughs> once a person realizes this, they can, have it, they can actually make choices. They can make real choices. Let me give a contemporary example, right? But here it's in a much deeper place. I just don't reduce it. to. I'm just giving it as an example, but he's talking about it from a much deeper place, but it's a similar idea. We've been speaking about last few Shabbosim, the idea that sometimes, and in certain models of therapy, this is an important idea, sometimes you can trace back all of your life's, or many of your life's, experiences, interactions, sensations, emotions, to one belief, to one thought. Right? To one thought. And it's, it's incredibly, uh, it's incredibly uh, rev- revolutionary, and, and it's also revealing, and it's also incredi- it could be incredibly tragic. Imagine that at three years old, or four years old, or five years old, a thought went into your mind, or a belief went into your mind, I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve to exist. I don't have value to take my opinions or my feelings seriously. It's no, no, I have no value. Now when it went into me, it wasn't processed with a shear, with a lecture, somebody sat down and made a pill pull. No, no, no. It happened through life experience. Whatever the experience was. Maybe a series of experiences, maybe one experience. But it went in. I don't even know it went in because I was three years old or five years old or maybe seven years old or maybe two years old, maybe even before. Maybe I was two days old. I don't know. Right? It's, pre- it's called preverbal. Now imagine that 90% or maybe more of my life is based on that. My relationships, my interactions with myself, my emotions... I don't even know this, but I'm living in that space. It's 40 years later, it's 40 years later, I'm still living from that space. Now this guy is trying, his wife is trying to give him love. You know what that looks like? His wife is trying to hug him, to try to tell him how much she likes him. And what is he doing? If he doesn't deserve it, it means she can't be giving it to him because she's, she's semi-normal. So what is she doing? She's either wasting her time, wasting his time, she's making fun of him. Uh, she's lying. She's using him. Right? She doesn't mean what she says. It's just fake. In other words, she's much worse than I imagined. At least she wouldn't say, I love you. She's not lying. Now she's lying. You hear what's happening? So who becomes the enemy? Her, Right? Uh, you're smiling. We're talking about mice and b'chaliyam. This is what people are dealing with. <laughs> Anybody who deals with this sugi, this is what people are dealing with. I'm giving one example. There's another 1.1 million examples. What's the best thing you can do for this person? What's the best thing? What's the moment of gu'ula for this person? Tell me. Huh? No, no, no. You're already, you're already ahead of the game. Change the belief that this is an avoid. <laughs> Before change the belief. I can't at the moment change the belief. It's Tell her that's a wrong thought. Sure. Tell a two-year-old it's a wrong thought. Try, try, try that. The, 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 the best ka'ula that can happen with this person at this moment is if I can become aware of the fact that my entire trajectory, my neural pathways are based on that one one machshava. You know what it's like? Let's say you're going to work and you have a highway where you go and somebody puts a boulder there, right? So you learn that you can't go straight into the road because there's a boulder and you have to take another another path. The problem is there's a ditch over there. <laughs> but that's the way you go every single day because that's how you get to work. So in your system, you have to go into a ditch and that's where you are and there's no other path. That's my neural pathway. This is where my brain goes. The best thing you can do for this person is, can you see that rock? 
Can you go back and identify that thought which changed everything? So basically my whole life, my whole life played itself out within a shell, within a cocoon, within a concealment, within a crazy, crazy, insane symptom, a narrowness, a restrictiveness, where my entire perception of self is that I am the quintessential piece of garbage. And that thought defines my life. Imagine that. I may not be able to change it at the moment, but if I could be aware of that, and then the next time, now this is not easy, it's not as, uh, it's not as easy as I'm making it. It's, it's, it's tough because 50 years are going to revolt against this. But the next time your wife or your child or anybody else says something, and you can identify, wow, <laughs> you can almost watch it happen if you could. And even if you can't watch it happen, you can at least feel it happen, or you can see your reactions. And you could say, what if that machshava wasn't there? This is the beginning of redemptiveness. You understand what I'm saying, everybody? So we call this today trauma. Trauma. Or what Freud defined, something happens to you, maybe at a very young age, and you weren't in control, and you felt helpless, and you didn't feel you could do anything about it, and it literally creates a reaction that is very, very deep, in one way or another, or whatever name you want to give it. But here, he's going back to a much deeper place, which is really all connected, and that's the separateness, the sense of separateness. And we're all there. Creation didn't create anything new. I told you once, the Maggit says, What did Hashem create? The oisius of heaven. The oisius of earth. <laughs> it's one of the best interpretations ever. You hear? You know what? He, he didn't create heaven and earth. He created the oisius of heaven. The oisius of earth. You understand the difference? Not heaven, the oisius of heaven. S is the creation. S is the oisius of earth. He created stories. He created definitions. What's words, letters? S, oisius. Oisius alavushim. Oisius package everything. Oisius define everything in terminology. We talk about it. In other words, it's separate. It has a definition. That's what he created. So the Altarebbe is just saying, yeah, that's true. There was a big symptom. That's called the cosmic trauma. What's the cosmic trauma? Cosmic trauma is symptom. Every trauma in the world traces itself back to this trauma. If you could deal with this trauma, you're empowered to deal with every trauma. Right. So it says Torah was there, but not the oisius of Torah. So, oh, so it's called Shmoi, but the Shmoi is part of who? That's why Shmoy is important. Why does it say Hayahu Shmoy? Hayahu Bilvad. Why Shmoy? What's name? The name is everything that's going to come out later. The name is the way you're defined based on the relationship. Again, the name is the way I perceive you. His name was also alone. In other words, even that Kayacheliki that defines all of reality, which is his name, it's how I know him, it was also Levad. The energy of the Oasis was there. But the combinations, the the manifestations, and the symptom that allows the Oasis to become separate from the source, or at least perceived as something distinct. Like we learned in the Shabbos, the Kamayim, which Maim was it about the Rosh, and the Vesamti Chatchad in Parashas Re'eh. Toysvis Rosh, Rosh, Ran could say the same idea, all in different Oasis. The Oasis are not the idea. The idea is always, he says, a svara ruchness and it's abstract. The isis is the way it's packaged. Now, without isis, I can't convey ideas. They're called levushim. You can't come, to, you don't come, you don't come without clothes. You need clothes, right? But clothes are just clothes. It's not who you are. <laughs> it was the first marketing campaign and it was the ultimate marketing campaign. That's called malchus. <laughs> it was the first marketing campaign, yeah? If you want to know marketing, you learn about symptoms. Any aspect you can trace back to the source. You want to know about marketing, you learn about symptoms. The first thing about marketing is stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about the customer. Emma's anybody in marketing here? Huh? The worst mistake is when you ask artists to get into marketing. Why? 
You need because artists need to express themselves. They don't care about the reader, right? I grew up in a house with a lot of journalism, so I used to watch this happen. Writers give an article, it's 4,000 words. He thinks every word is worth a million dollars, it's priceless. The editor comes, he only has place for 800 words. So what does he do? He amputates the article, does surgery, throws most of it to the garbage. The next morning the writer sees the article and he wants to die. They said in Yiddish, I don't know how you translate that. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. A writer doesn't die from, from uh, for heart failure, he dies from word failure, which doesn't work in English, but basically somebody played with his words or made mistakes. He's, I'm an artist. I want, I, I want to express myself. A lot of artists, you take Van Gogh, others, yeah, they died penniless. Their basements had unbelievable art. There's art and then there's marketing. It's a different world. Right? There was a famous Jewish singer, Shlomo Lekalbach. He died penniless. Yeah, he died. I don't know if he owned a nickel. His songs, there's artists and there's marketers. It's a different thing, different experience. Marketing, I couldn't care less about you. <laughs> Tactless, they're buying it and they're not buying it. It's a whole different world. So it's, it could be very cynical. But again, everything has a shirish. There's something true about it. Business is a litmus test for reality very often. Art is not. You understand what I'm saying? That's where you need symptom. You need symptom. It's about how the other person takes it. There's people that have unbelievable ideas. They don't know how to market it. We learned last week about Chachman Bina, right? You have creative geniuses. In their minds, they're creating companies every moment of the day. I know a person who created around a thousand companies, all on paper. In reality, he can't even get one thing done. Every day, he makes a new company and another billion dollars. On paper, he's already 200 billion. He's one of the wealthiest people in the world. The problem is nobody else knows about it. Yeah, like the guy who came to the Gary Rebbe and he said, right, the basis is all. And he said that he had a chalim, that he should be a Rebbe. So he said, the next time, tell that Rebbe to go to the Hasidim, not to you. They should tell them, not you. You understand? That he's, the dream is coming to the wrong person. <laughs> so so, so, so the, the, the most liberating thing you can do is tell a person, yeah, there was no shinui. Your creative, beautiful child that was hijacked at three did not really go through a change. What do you mean? I did go through a change. No. The, the, the most powerful thing you could teach that person viscerally, I'm not talking about intellectually, is that you didn't go through a shinui. When he says, You hear what he's saying? If you don't know how to read Lekut today, it's just some philosophical abstract statement. God doesn't change. That's it. In other words, the world is fake. There was no symptom. Nothing happened. You don't exist. <laughs> You're missing the whole Nekudah. means truth. There's no Shinui. So the trauma of separateness. Let's give again the contemporary example. That crazy change I went through to the point that I'm an unrecognizable person, that change is not ultimate reality. It's reality. He's not denying it. He doesn't say that Tzimtzum never happened. The Tzimtzum happened. It really happened. If the Tzimtzum... And I have proof that the Tzimtzum happened. I'm talking. You like my proof? You don't like my proof? <laughs> I'm talking. That's proof. <laughs> the duality is so important. The duality is not real duality, but it's duality. The tzimtzum happened. It's not saying the tzimtzum didn't happen. Malchuscha, malchus kalaylamim. Where did it happen? It happened in the world of malchus. That, yeah. But legabe akadosh baruch hu. Legabe akadosh baruch hu. In truth, ancient shinui. So, what does it mean, ancient shinui? That change you went through. Is it real? It's real. <laughs> Look at my life. Of course it's real. Look how many relationships I lost. Look how many opportunities I lost. Look how much anxiety I had, right? 
Look how many bad habits I had to deal with. Look how much anger and pain. What do you mean it's not true? Of course it's true. It's true. Because that's the world I was living in. In the truth of ultimate reality, the separateness didn't happen. The Chevra Teufus. Whenever you see in the Torah these words, pre-creation is really also post-creation. Don't hear it as a philosophical abstract statement, we're afraid of change. <laughs> Every speech people tell you, don't be afraid of change. Change, 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 change. God is frightened of change. He says, me, never. I don't change. You know, people who say I don't change, it's usually you don't want to handle with them. I don't change, right? Somebody who tells you, this is how I ran the yeshiva for the last 295 years. This is how I'm going to be running it for the next 295 years. You don't like it? There's a lot of lakes you can jump into. Right? Or a therapist or a doctor says, this is how we've been doing the surgery for the last 900 years. This is how we continue to do it. Really? <laughs> you don't trust those people. We want change. But we want change based on awareness. Based on awareness, based on progress. When you say ain't shum shinui here, it's the most powerful change in the world. <laughs> the most powerful change you can undergo in the world is realize there was no change. You got it? It's the most powerful change. Because that gives you an, a, 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 an eternal source of creativity. And you're pure in your source. You, you, and you're creative. You're creative. You can recreate yourself in good ways. Ain Soif could recreate itself. Ain't Soif is not scared of change. It's it, it's infinite besides with change. There's no change that that amputates it, that kills it, that that snuffed out the soul out of me. Having the awareness is enough, or we have to go back to the thought? That's a good question. Dasashanamachloik is between the therapists. <laughs> You actually have to go back and re-experience it or it's enough to know. So, it's like who? It's not Pashat. This is not a concept. If you're hearing this as a concept, then you're not hearing it. It's not a concept. This. Oh, you know, he says this in almost every single mime. Every few my modern the Alter Rebbe will say, there was a tzimtzum chayshech, he starts telling me how the tzimtzum, 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 and then there's a line, but <laughs> well, I don't understand, this side, was there, was there not? Am I crazy, am I not crazy? But those two elements, that's all of reality. <laughs> because if you delegitimize what happened, it's equally cruel. You understand? If I say, oh, nothing happened, it's just your fantasy, you're, you're, you're doing it again. Again, again, you're delegitimizing. You understand? All my pain is also nothing. Because people sometimes think they're going to be nice, right? They say, oh, nothing happened. God is good. Everything is good. It's good. It's called spiritual bypassing, right? You know what spiritual bypassing means? In the name of spirituality, you confuse spirituality with avoidance of pain. Because I don't want to feel the pain, so I become very spiritual. But it's not real spirituality, it's an escape. Real spirituality is not here to avoid, it's here to embrace, it's here to sublimate. So it's a very important distinction. That's why the Maimarim, the axis of the Maimarim have a dual axis. There's always... There's a tzimtzum. There's a helim. You have to breathe that in. You have to appreciate that. What does that mean in, in, in my language? It means whatever tzimtzum means for me. Again, here he's not just talking about the tzimtzum of a three-year-old going through a difficult experience. Here he's talking about the tzimtzum that defines reality, which is the source of every other tzimtzum. So in the way, the tzimtzum is an extension of reality, not an escape from reality. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone confronts the symptom. There's nobody who doesn't confront it. Because if I don't confront it, I'm not living in God's reality. I'm making believe there was no Bria Sa'ilam. But the Torah says, Bereish is Bar-Elikim. 
Don't tell me there was no tzimtzum. <laughs> it's very nice. Nadavanaviyu, yeah. Nadavanaviyu did not like the tzimtzum, yeah. That's true. And they're considered sinners. <laughs> they're considered sinners, right? Now, there are different types of sinners. They're holy sinners. There are sins that are holy and there are sins that are profane. Their sins are holy, very holy. They did not like the tzimtzum. But it's still called a chet. Why is it called a chet? Because it's spiritual bypassing. Huh? Chanoich was taken. Kilokach oisielikim. Nadav and Aviyu, they went. Arba nichnesu lepardus. Rabbi Akiva, nichnes b'shalom, v'yatsa b'shalom. So the Alter is going to explain, and we'll continue this tomorrow, that this whole process of malchus, that's what happens Rosh Hashanah. And it gives us new perspective when we speak about judgment. Rosh Hashanah is called Yoim Hadin, Yemei Hadin. Who wants to be judged in 2022? You know anybody? <laughs> People in America are allergic. The worst thing you could do is say, I'm judging you. <laughs> That's why people have such an uh, uh, allergic reaction to Rosh Hashanah, a lot of people. Don't judge me, do me a favor, right? MS? Nobody's going to agree with me? Make believe? Besides Isaac. Isaac always agrees. <laughs> I always know I can get a yes over there. Well, what is it? What is it? Depends how you're perceiving it. You have to go back to the, always go back to the basics. You always have to go back to where things began. The first thought. What was the first thought about Rosh Hashanah in your life? <laughs> That's the first thought. It's with God. The first time you heard about God, what was it like? You have to know that. And I can't go back. I don't know the first time I heard God in my life. I don't know. Probably when I was in my mother's womb and she was singing a song of saying Tehillim, right? But the point is, we go back, our thoughts define our belief systems. And those belief systems define our thoughts. And those thoughts become our emotions, sensations, experiences, ideas, philosophies. And then I build a whole philosophy in life, all to deal with the pain that came from that particular thought that was absolutely harming and dysfunctional. Tragic or what? Huh? The most loving thing somebody can do for me is, without judgment, look into my eyes and say, I get it, I get it. And now let me take your hand and hold it as I take you back to that thought. And look at it. And then you'll know everything. You'll know everything. Isn't that the most beautiful type of judgment in the world? The most beautiful type of judgment in the world is if I could judge in the sense of, let me show you the context of all of your life's experiences and what they were rooted in. Stop judging me! Stop judging me! That judgment, bring it on. Bring it on. Imagine, right, that CAT scan, that X-ray. You could call it judgment if you want. It's anything but that. Judgment in the sense of judging. I judge you. I'm sitting on a throne and judging you. But if I can hold your hand and really allow you to judge all your experiences, and all you're going to say is, you're going to say one word. Wow. And a flash flood of tears will come down from your eyes as you'll say, wow, 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 wow. That's the most glorious judgment in the world. Everybody have a wonderful day. Tomorrow, 7.45 a.m. And tomorrow, 9.30, there's the women's class here. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for coming. Teufus, every maimah you learn about this, remember, this is the Nekudi. We're not afraid of change. Was Teufus given? Ah, yeah. Yud, hey, Vav, hey. Ah, yeah. Moira de Kamaimer, huh? You got it? Can the Rub elaborate on Nadab Yeah, the Erechayim says, the Erechayim says in Parshas, Achere Mois. It says, Vaidabra Hashem al Moisha, Achere Mois, Nebne Arim, Bekarvosim Lufne Hashem Vayamusu. So the Erechayim says that Hashem was telling Moisha, it's a very strange posse. 
Hashem spoke to Moshe after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they came close to God and they died. It's already a story in Shmini. Just say he spoke to them after. So he said he was telling Moshe why they died. The Karvasim of Hashem. Yerachayim says they wanted to kiss the Rebbe in And even though they know that when you kiss Hashem, you can't be embodied anymore in finiteness. Because what's a kiss? A kiss is our spirits merge, so infinity takes over. They didn't, he says, nimnu. they didn't stop. It's not going to stop me from my kiss. So essentially what they were searching is, they were searching to go out of a world of limitation, of separateness, of finiteness. It's, it's their spiritual, it's their spiritual genius. These were spiritual geniuses and, and, and ascetics and, and saintly people. And they didn't, they didn't get married, they didn't have children. That's what it says. Shsuyayayin, they went and drunk to the base of Mikdush. Balatani says, doesn't mean they're drunk, that they, they went to a bar and they drank and they came in. Suyayayin means they want, they were in a state of intoxication. They didn't want to be in a place of das. They wanted to be in a place of adaloyada. Someone brought up Chanukh, though. I mean, it's... I'm bro- yeah, and I'm saying, so I, I'm not sure... Isn't that a totally separate concept? That's what I said, by Chanukh. That's his halchus. That's more that... It says that... Vayishala Chanukh ve'inenu ki lokach oisay alikim. Hashem took him. Nichnas chay l'ganeidin. Yes, Eliyahu, the pshat is that his body was so mezuchich, it was more fun that he could just go up. It says that when he was... He was a shoemaker. So he was making every tear with the uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, another one. Avi went prematurely. Yeah, 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 yeah. His time came and he went up. Nice to have you. Take, I I didn't realize when you asked me to take a coffee, a tea, a soup, chalent, uh, cookies. You have to see the matzah there. You have to see the matzah there. No. No, he's saying that he could trace. I could trace my life. He he worked on it and he could trace his life to one thought. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.